grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. There are some major themes covered in our Epiphany lessons, as there are also some very major themes that are covered throughout the season of Epiphany. For example, we hear the fulfillment of many Old Testament prophecies. We hear that the gospel is for the Gentiles, that is, not just for Jews, that the Magi came to worship our Lord, and that Christian worship involves giving gifts back to our Lord, that Jesus reveals himself as God, this baby boy who is born in Bethlehem, is actually God himself, the second person of the Holy Trinity. And we also have a theme of light. And that will be the basis of our sermon tonight. We'll focus on that theme of light. So to do so, let's back up a little bit and let's look at the birth of John the Baptist. His father, Zechariah, was the priest appointed to burn incense in the temple. And while his father was in the temple, burning that incense, the angel Gabriel appeared to Zechariah and told him that he and his wife Elizabeth will have a child. And this child will be the one to prepare the way of the Lord, the fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 40. Since Zechariah and Elizabeth were old, Zechariah very naturally questioned the angel, along with the message that God had delivered to Zechariah through the angel. And as a result, John lost his voice and would not regain it until his son is born. Now on the eighth day after John the Baptist is born to Zechariah and Elizabeth, it was time to circumcise and name the child according to the Old Testament law. Elizabeth, going against the common customs of the day, said that his name will be called John. And some felt that he should be named after his father, which was more customary. And since Zechariah couldn't speak, he wrote, his name will be John. And at that, Zechariah regained his speech and everyone marveled. And the people who were present to witness this knew that something very significant was now happening. And Zechariah, being filled with the Holy Spirit, prophesied. And he spoke to his son, saying, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Did you catch some themes of light that were spoken by Zechariah after his son was born? So through the preaching of John, he will bring about, he will preach the light of Christ to those who are sitting in darkness and in the shadow of death. It says the day spring shall visit us. Some translations use like the morning sun or the, the dawning sun, which is uh, also related to what we were just singing about Christ being our morning star. Now, it is good to have an epiphany service instead of simply doing the convenient thing, which is transferring epiphany to the nearest Sunday. Because by having the service at night, 
it shows, it illustrates something. It illustrates that the world around us lies in darkness. All those who do not believe in Christ are, unfortunately, in darkness. And all who do not know Christ are in that shadow of death. But in this house of God, the candles are lit, the lights are on, and the light of Christ is illumining you. While the world is dying, reflected by that darkness outside and the incredible cold, which is commonly found at this time of the year, life is proclaimed here. That warmth, which was described in one of the hymns that we already sang, that warmth of Christ's mercy is here. We are not in darkness. We are in light. We are illumined by the word of Christ. And through this word, we are given knowledge of salvation by the remission of our sins. Zechariah understood that John's purpose was to preach the word, to bring light to those in darkness, to prepare the way of the Lord, to preach repentance and baptize sinners into Christ. As a psalmist declared, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That is what the word does. It brings us light. It's, it's a type of an epiphany a revelation of Jesus Christ, that God's word reveals to us our Savior, Jesus. Now, 40 days after Jesus himself was born, Joseph and Mary brought Jesus to the temple according to the Old Testament law. They offered a sacrifice of two doves or two pigeons, as was required by the law. And we heard about this on the first Sunday after Christmas. A man named Simeon was presented and God revealed to him that he would see the Christ before he dies. Simeon sees Jesus in the temple and takes Jesus up into his arms, and he blesses God, saying, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. You know these words because we sing them sometimes in Vesper services. We sing them always after having received the body and blood of our, or quite often, I should say, after having received the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. For in the sacrament, we have seen the light. We have received the gospel of Jesus. We have consumed the body and blood of Christ. And so we, like Simeon, are then ready to be received into our Lord's eternal kingdom. We are ready to die. For the light of Christ has brought us life and salvation, and death no longer has power over us. And to see this truth, we need to fast forward then to Good Friday. To Good Friday, the day that Jesus himself was crucified, handed over to his enemies, where he died bearing the sins of the entire world. Here at Grace, we have been using the Tenebrae service as we observe that holy day of Good Friday. We darken the building as the service progresses. We gradually turn off the lights. One by one, the candles are extinguished. When Jesus died on the cross, there was darkness over the face of the earth. In the middle of the day, there was darkness throughout the world. And this is because Jesus, the light, had died. But then remember what we do here also on Holy Saturday as we... As we gather for the vigil of Easter. 
We gather at the entrance of the church. All the lights in the church are turned off. None of these candles are lit. It is supposed to be dark, just as we left church on Good Friday. And standing outside, the pastor places the nails in the Paschal candle. He traces the Alpha and the Omega on the candle for Jesus' the beginning and the end. The Paschal candle is lit from the fire that is burning outside, and our candles are lit from that one Paschal candle flame. And then the altar candles are lit, and the lights are all turned on, and we find ourselves gathered in the church when it is dark outside, but then that light returns. We celebrate the return of the light and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we do so with great joy. What does all this mean? Jesus is the light that cannot be snuffed out. He cannot be put out. He cannot be stopped. He cannot be defeated. For our Lord Jesus Christ rose victoriously from the grave on Easter Sunday, and he brings light and life to all the nations. That's why in many churches, uh, the sunrise service is such a deep tradition, and why it is often observed in many churches across the globe, because the, at the rising of the sun, it shows us of this resurrection of Christ and the light which cannot be put out. In our epistle, St. Paul writes to the Ephesians, and he describes himself as a prisoner of Christ for the Gentiles. And then he writes, I am the very least of all the saints. Why does he do this? Why does he call himself the chief of sinners, an apostle born out of due time, or the least of saints? He not only acknowledges that the sin that he has inherited and the temptations that he faces from his own flesh, but he also acknowledges his past life. You see, Paul was a very zealous Jew. He thought that he had this whole religion figured out. He saw Jesus and the followers of Jesus as a threat to the true faith because he, of course, wasn't a Christian at first. He knew that they needed, that is the Christians, needed to be put to death. And so Paul, then known as Saul, worked tirelessly to get rid of Christians. He consented to their death. He worked to preserve Judaism and destroy Christianity. And then one day, Saul was traveling to Damascus, and suddenly a light shone all around him, a light that came from heaven, and he fell to the ground and heard a voice, and it was the voice of Jesus, who said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul replied to him, Who are you, Lord? And Jesus said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Jesus then gave Saul some instructions to go into the city for what he must then do. And Saul goes into Damascus and meets up with Ananias. Ananias, who objected at first to the notion of baptizing Saul, goes ahead and baptizes him, and Saul becomes a Christian. The light of the gospel came to this evil man, and he was converted to Christianity. You see in this example from Acts chapter 9, two references to the light. The first is the light of Christ blinded Saul for a time. He could not see until he made it into the city and was baptized. And second, the light of the gospel of Christ brought to Saul, one who loved murdering Christians, it now brought to Saul forgiveness of sins and life and salvation. 
and this light and this forgiveness and this life also comes to you. We were all once darkness. We were all once dead in our sins and trespasses, but then Christ came to us. He illumined us by the gospel. We were baptized into Christ and brought into his light. Paul, renamed from Saul, was sent to bring the light of the gospel to the Gentiles. This light was not reserved for just one people group or for some or just a few people, but for all people. And that is demonstrated by the Magi who come from the East to worship the newborn king. That is demonstrated by these Magi who came likely from Persia, we're not really sure, but the psalm that, we, that prophesies this says the kings of Sheba and Seba will offer gifts and our Lord will have dominion from sea to sea. This gospel throughout the Old Testament prophesies that, that it is available for all, including the Gentiles. We also see this in our Old Testament lesson. It was a little bit confusing, I know, to read from Isaiah chapter 60. When you follow along in your bulletin, you, you might be used to the King James or perhaps even the New King James Version where the, the U's are capitalized when referring to Jesus or to God, the Father. But in this case, in the ESV, they're not capitalized. And so it makes it sound like it's reading to you as an individual. But the reality is it is a prophecy of Christ. So we see in this Old Testament lesson, the good news of Jesus has come and it brings life, light to the Jews and to the Gentiles. So here again, the words of Isaiah, arise, shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you and nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. All of this is tied together by the Christmas gospel in John chapter 1, in which the apostle writes, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Indeed, Jesus is the light of the world, the light which no darkness has overcome. For Jesus himself said in John 8, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Finally, I'd like to close with some, some additional words of Jesus, which he preached in his Sermon on the Mount. He declared, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, let your light shine as you are in service to your neighbor, as you give a testimony of the things that you have heard and seen during this Christmas season. You are the light of the world. You are a member of that city, sit on a hill that cannot be hidden. For Jesus is your light. He is present among you. 
and his word has been fulfilled in your hearing. Thanks be to God. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. We continue by singing the rest of the hymn as printed in your bulletin.